This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram, we're going we're gonna to go right to the core of, of uh, technology tonight, right? Yes. So let's talk about the biggest scientific event or non-event uh, of the summer, uh, which is the development, excitement, and testing around LK99. What is LK99? LK99 is a substance that has been synthesized and published about by Korean researchers, specifically uh, Lee Sukbai and Kim Ji-hoon. That's the L and the K in LK99. Lee Kim, I think they say when researching this is since 1999, that's where it becomes LK99. Anyway, that is supposed to be a room temperature superconductor. Well, that if such a if a room temperature superconductor was discovered, it would be tremendous. Uh, so take a step back. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know what a superconductor is. And uh, to be honest, I didn't know a lot about superconductors before the last couple of weeks, and I probably still don't know enough about superconductors. But we've been talking about this a lot at Tom's Hardware. So a superconductor is a material that can conduct electricity with no resistance, uh, unlike, say, everything else. And superconductors do exist today, but you, ha- in order for them to work, they have to be extremely cold. So, you know, we're talking like, you know... 200 degrees uh, below Celsius or with extreme pressure or they, they have to have extreme conditions put on the material for it to be, to act as a superconductor, uh, like, you know, freezing it with liquid nitrogen or something. And uh, that's nice, but if you could have something that uh, required no, uh, you know, extra pressure put on, extra, temp, temp, you know, freezing temperature, uh, then you'd really have something because a super a superconductor uh, can uh, basically doesn't lose is a, is one hundred percent efficient, right? When your your elect electricity is moving through most substances, a lot of it is lost to heat, uh, a lot of it. Uh, so there's great inefficiency, which wastes energy. Uh, if you have uh, computer chips, you know that a lot of the uh, a lot of the electrical activity comes off as heat. And you need all these coolers to, you know, prevent the material from, say, melting or, or breaking with your CPU. Um, if your CPU could be made out of a superconductor, then you could just imagine that you know, would you even need cooling at all? You would you would certainly have a lot more efficiency, much faster computing. You would be able to do crazy supercomputing uh, on you know, ridiculous amounts of processing on 
you know, a computer in your house, right? It, the amount of computing power that you would get. Uh, you would also ha have the ability to have electrical grids where the distribution of electricity was much, much, much more efficient because the, all of that, the electricity that's lost on the way from the, uh, you know, from the power plant to your house uh, wouldn't be lost if it was traveling over superconductors. Uh, a lot of other things that kind of do uh, require superconductors is an MRI machine requires superconductors. So, uh, but they have to be super cooled. Uh, with one of these, you could make a much better MRI machine. Maybe you'd be able to see things a lot better, diagnose things better, help people better. That would be fan a fantastic breakthrough. It's been a, a holy grail of physics. So uh, these guys, these scientists, uh, Lee and Kim, uh, and published a paper saying, hey, we've, we've formulated this substance, LK99, and at room temperature, it, it's a superconductor. But there, it was not peer, their study was not peer-reviewed, and they didn't provide certain key details, and there was a lot of skepticism. But they did provide some uh, directions about how to make your own LK99. So what happened? A whole lot of people on the internet, including other university researchers, went out and tried to replicate their findings. And we got some very interesting stuff, uh, but we also got a lot that said that they couldn't replicate the findings. No one has completely replicated the findings. There have been some who use computer simulations that said, hey, this should work, but uh, in, real, in real life, no one has been able to replicate the findings. What we did get, though, and I'll share my screen to show some of this, is we've done some, oops, we've done some interesting uh, stories about this on Tom's Hardware, is, so, um, so for example, we uh, a lot of people posted videos, particularly there were a lot of researchers in China, publishing videos to Bilibili, which is like Chinese YouTube, and you can see in the videos this little black speck. And the little black speck is supposed to be like the LK99. And you can see that it's sort of levitating. Uh, like they're poking at it, right? But it's sort of levitating over this magnet. Um, and the thought there is that a superconductor um, has some, a property called diamagnetism, which means that it actually repels magnetic um fields. So a superconductor can float uh, above a magnetic surface. However, uh, it's important to note that diamagnetism could happen without it being a superconductor. Uh, and it could happen. And there are other ways to have magnetic levitation that are not diamagnetism. So, so there's some question about whether what these folks are seeing here actually proves that this is a superconductor. Uh, there was another Chinese university that claimed that they got it to uh, superconduct at, uh, you know, sub-zero, you know, temperatures. So not at room temperature, but others have said uh, they weren't even able to reproduce that. Uh, but a lot of people are still working on this. There are some who are going to actually get samples from the Korean lab. So that may give them some, um, you know, more insight to get it. Because one of the questions is, did everyone who synthesized it synthesize it exactly the same way? 
as the original Korean lab did because it's it can, it's hard to make. Well, I guess it's easy to it doesn't work. It's not expensive to make, but I guess there's some randomness involved in it. Um, there also was an incident where uh, someone who posted a video, not one of the two I showed you, a different video of a magnetic levitation came out and said that uh, this this wasn't LK99 or this wasn't uh, correct and this was a fraud and they had to take their video down. Uh, similarly, uh, a couple of new studies say that it's actually uh, a ferromagnet, not diomagnet, not showing diamagnetism. In other words, it's just a repulsing magnetic field. Um, and, uh, you know, and there also is uh, a theory out there that, uh, by the way, I think these pictures came from Shutterstock, and I think that they are not actually, okay, these are illustrative, we said. Um, but um, there's a theory that doping it, meaning adding some more materials to it, could lead to it being a superconductor, but so far nobody has has actually seen it get there in the real world, apart from the original authors who uh, whose work has been called into question. But this has been a huge thing. There's been a huge thing going on on, on uh, Twitter, or you want to call it X, um, talking about the different studies. There have been a lot of people trying to reproduce them. There's been you know, all these videos on Billy Billy. There have been other ones besides these uh, trying to show levitation, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff, all about this LK99 because people really are hungry for, hey, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if you had a room temperature superconductor? And uh, this is one of the first things I've seen where you have people just all around the world, people in uh, laboratories of different universities, people in, uh, you know, their kitchens with a kiln or whatever, trying to reproduce this, um, trying to kind of see if they can, um, you know, reproduce this study, uh, which is pretty cool because I think most scientific, uh, quote unquote breakthroughs or alleged breakthroughs, uh, it's not, there isn't so much immediate ability for someone to just go out and try it and see if they can replicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this whole story has been fascinating. Um, I've been following it off and on. Um, our good friend Chris Jordan has posted about it, and I've been following stuff on, on uh, Tom's hardware as well. It's, it's, it's really interesting because if... Big emphasis on the if. Uh, if this is real, it would completely change the way so much of the world works. It's un unbelievable what it, the potential for this. But the likelihood is completely nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, especially because these scientists didn't really follow the procedure that you're normally seeing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, normal procedure. But I think that also is part of what's made it interesting in the story is mm -hmm. there are people, instead of the kind of normal sort of slow process of science, like, hey, we're going to do this. We're not going to show it to anybody until until we've proven it over and over again. And, 
you know, we're gonna not, and you know, you're gonna wait years to find out. Like here, you've got a really fast process of people. Try, I mean, supposedly they've been talking about this for a couple of years, but since their paper came out, they sort of said how to do it. There's been how to make your own. There's there's been a, just a lot of people trying to do it. So, I mean, it's interesting because if you see other things that people have worked on uh, scientifically recently, and you you know, I don't know, it just doesn't go out on the internet or on places like that. I mean, I don't know how much knowledge sharing was going on when, say, uh, comp- you know, uh, pharma companies were developing uh, you know mRNA vaccines to use for mm-hmm. for COVID vaccines or whatever. But like that was another area where you had something side you know major scientific product being worked on uh, supposedly really quickly but you didn't have them tweeting out like oh yeah so here's how you can make an mrna vaccine in your you know in your kitchen yeah to to try it right so it it's it's interesting because there was a there's a lot of people trying to replicate uh, the breakthrough who were able to attempt it um and you're seeing papers on um What's the name of that service? Rx? Or I don't know how to pronounce it. RxVF or whatever, where they have preprint science scientific papers just going up every day. Um, so uh, you know, it's nice. I don't know. It's for me. It's nice to see that there's something where you got a scientific community and people who are more lay people excited about a potential breakthrough and a lot of different people able to kind of participate in the process of scientific discovery even if it's disproving something and i know that like real scientists probably would disagree they probably be like hey this this is embarrassing because these people came out with this and it wasn't it was half-baked or something and mm-hmm. they've got a lot of attention for themselves and it's turned out to not work uh i mean that's the general consensus at the moment yeah, yeah. it still could there's still a chance right um but i think it's been great that there's actually been something out there where they shared information as kind of open. Well, it wasn't open enough because they kept some things themselves, but theoretically open source about a scientific discovery and then people going out and trying to, to replicate it. Uh, I mean, I think it would be cool if, if more science happened that way, where you could have a lot of people uh, just trying really fast to try and replicate or, or have new discoveries instead of kind of the normal slow uh hidden process yeah yeah for sure it's it's definitely been a change <laughs> um and i mean the results have not been um great uh and certainly inconsistent um in in what we've seen come back some of that inconsistency, of course, comes from uh, other people possibly being interested in getting on the same bandwagon or whatever. Uh, like, like the 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 video that no, this this wasn't real. This was I'm gonna pull it down. Right, there's some people trying to jump onto the onto the hype train, um, but you know, inconsistency is its own result. Right in studies, when you get if you do the study a couple of times and the results are inconsistent, that's usually a sign that the the study itself is bad, um, and that might be what we've got here. That the inconsistency in the results could be that 
you know, the whole, the whole foundation is bad. But whatever it is, yeah. it's fascinating to watch. Yeah, it, it is. It is fascinating to watch. I always say we're in the business of interesting, not the business of, not necessarily the business of good. This has been really interesting, uh, and I hope that it inspires uh, more people to look for an actual superconductor that can operate at operate at room temperature. There have been apparently false uh, starts about this before, just as there has been false claim, you know, false starts about cold fusion, um, things like that. But you know, we. Uh, and it would be nice to see some kind of positive scientific breakthrough. I mean, what is the last big scientific breakthrough that you heard about where, wow, we really, you know, if I discover something new. Yeah. Everything seems kind of iterative. Mm-hmm. For quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, you were just showing us uh, articles. There must be... S- Tons of content out there on this from you. Yes. Yes. So go to TomSlipper.com and look for our LK99, LK-99 articles, of which we've got like five or six. And now uh, we'll be doing more if uh, more happens. I think we've reached a little bit of a slowdown and the interest in this and the news coming out because a lot of disproving studies have happened. And uh, so I guess we've got to see if there's any more proving one things that would actually prove it um you know there have been simulations of course that say it should work but sure then uh that's neither here nor there so um we'll stay on top of this i mean we don't it's not something that we normally approach materials science but it was something that some, one of our writers said hey there's a lot of drama going on with this and we thought we should do a story on it and we did a story and then we saw a lot of people were interested so we did we kept doing more stories and they people were interested for a while and i think it's an interesting topic and we'll see if more happens for sure well like you said it's an interesting topic i appreciate you bringing it up uh because like i said i've been trying to follow it but not in detail and uh it really is an interesting story and uh the theory brings a lot of promise the reality does not appear to line up with the theory though so it'll be interesting to see if anything does eventually come out of this like you said with doping you know adding other stuff to it maybe perfecting the formula maybe someday maybe this does become the basis of something uh scientifically changing we will have to see and uh i look forward to uh, what we talk about next time